Hey guys, this is uh, Alex Tan along with Mackenzie Freemeyer. Hi. And Abraham Campillo. Yo. The, the three people you have been listening to on this <laughs> for the past couple of years. Yeah, uh, we're back. Uh, it's been, I, we were just talking before this, is like, it's been over a year since we have published the last podcast. And um, for us internally, like, there's been a lot of change and um, we, you know, run a full time business now. Uh, under Mouthwash Studio, which is uh, a lot acting a lot like a creative studio and agency, but we're also a lot more than that. I think sometimes it's hard for us to explain kind of all that we do, and also it's hard for us to understand the capacity at which we're able to do all this stuff. So yeah, I don't know. It would be kind of cool to just kind of like for people who have been like listening to us over the past you know few years, or even people who are new, just kind of explain a little bit about what we've been up to and kind of what season three of this podcast is going to entail. A lot of the stuff has been recorded already and we're really excited to release it. Um, but I guess let's rewind a year ago. Yeah. I feel like if you've been listening from the start or if you're just starting to listen now, um, we're just three people who are trying to do a lot of things and a lot has changed from the last podcast. So we just wanted to kind of like update all of our listeners on all of our new that we're doing yeah mm-hmm. um i guess to catch you guys up to speed um i feel like from the last time that we that we were on here we you know alex and mackenzie were both working at you know their agency jobs and since then we shortly after decided to finally come together and 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 take the leap and and, and start our own um start our own creative mm-hmm. house and and also like now we we, we started to bring on more people um Jason Annis is, is the one that you know we, we've uh, we've started to bring on and and has been really helping us, um, which is it was something new for us because for the for the majority of the last two years it had just been just the three of us and, and even like uh, you know bringing on um, like freelancers and, and stuff for to help us on has really been valuable. Um, we've launched different verticals like um, with the website we launched a journal page where we're we're still telling stories but instead of a podcast they're more like written form um, and and that's been really exciting and and just to be able to tell stories um, whatever medium that is i think we're really passionate about that um, much like yeah. you know with the studio we we tell stories for brands right right yeah i think it's also interesting too like you know the the way all of this started was like us making this magazine um, that just really involved like our friends and you know I think we got like really excited about what it was like to tell stories of all these people that are also making cool things and the podcast has always like earned us a spot in the room or a seat at the table with all these other people who are are doing really excited stuff and um, you know and like with that too like we're growing like why it's funny like a year ago or a little bit over a year ago we were kind of looking at all the work that we had made up until that point we're just like man this is, I don't know if this is like really representative of where we want to go or wish to be. Um, and so a lot of things changed. Like um, we're no longer a breath of fresh air when you need it most. We're more of like an off brand or an offbeat experiment um, that explores stories through conversation and objects and apparel and um, print. So there's all these like verticals of the mouthwash brand that we're still exploring and learning about and it's funny because like while what we're doing and the mission is still the same the the it's it's just developed and evolved a lot because of the people and the interest and taste that i think we have now is so different than what it was like three years Mm -hmm. ago i think like sometimes i'll get to the end of a day or the end of a week and i'm like oh wow how did we just like do all of that like 
posting multiple stories, recording podcasts, um, shipping stuff out, doing our apparel, doing collaborations. It's just a lot. And I think sometimes we forget like that we've just come so far from where we started. And with each new thing we're adding, I think instead of like wearing us down, I think instead it's building endurance in us and almost like a momentum. So I feel like right now we're definitely running at a faster speed, but we've built endurance over the years and it just feels more energizing now to be doing all these different things. So I think Mm -hmm. it's been very rewarding as we keep adding these layers. Like, I don't know. I think it's like, like pushing us forward exponentially versus like weighing us down. Yeah. And and I think, um, I think that's really influenced, you know, the, the, this next season, like there's so many people that we've come into contact in some sort of way that we really were like, man, we, we need, we need to get you on here and, 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 and tell your story or at least, you know, try to. And one, one of the hopes that we have with this, with this podcast or this medium is in us being transparent with you guys and, and with the people that we bring on is like, hopefully for you guys, um, it, it also, you know, for the, those of you that are, you know, specifically younger, it makes it seem more achievable because uh, mm-hmm. we're all just, you know, you know, we're all from like small towns or, and you guys have seen us from like the first episode, like Alex could, I remember with the first episode, like you had barely, you were like 21 or I, yeah, I was 21 when we first started. Doing yeah. This. It's crazy. And, and I had just moved here and I had no idea what I was doing. Like I was, I was only a few years older, but it's like, we've come so far. Like Mackenzie was in Chicago, you know, it's like, um, a lot has changed in this and, and we hope to continue to be transparent with, transparent with you guys and, and, um, bring on a lot of people that are a good people and have amazing stories, um, and are really making stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the media matters less, but more so the, the things that they're doing. Um, and the ideas. Yeah, I think that's so like reflective of our growth too. Like if you look at like the guest season of, I honestly, like you can, you can really, I would say, and I don't know how to like put this, you know, I, I guess I do know how to put this, but, um, I think our growth is really measured by, the is a is a reflection of like the contributors or people that we're working with whether it's on magazine or podcast and that's not to say that we're um you know have outgrown any of the people that we worked with in the very beginning like we love all those people and some of those people are like our dearest friends um but the people that we're including now on the podcast people who make objects or furniture or are fine artists or their filmmakers um have it's interesting that like we would have never have thought to like give those people the light of day when we first started this. Um, and so I think that's cool to like, just reflect on that. Like, man, like there's just been this like crazy spark of like understanding object design or apparel design or just like graphic design in general, I think is like a whole different world that I've come to learn in the past three years mm-hmm. that I'd had no experience in. Like we can was the only designer um, and still is the only designer, but I didn't even have like an affinity or like taste for it. Like when we first started doing this and now it's become such an important part of like everything that we do. Yeah. I think like some, the way that like you were saying, like the people we've encountered that have approached us with such like open hands and no, no arrogance or level of like, you don't, I'm not going to share this information with you when it comes to like sewing tags into shirts or Mm -hmm. mailing stuff out or producing objects. Like we've learned all that stuff through the people around us. And I think if we were to try and do all of that on our own, I mean, we kind of did start trying to do it on our, on our own at the beginning and we can look back and see how much we needed to learn at that point. But as we keep adding things that we've never done before, it's so important, like the people 
like you were saying on the podcast and on the journal that we've come in contact with who have been so open to sharing those things with us. I think that's like the community that we're trying to create here as well as sharing, like keeping our, our doors open and mm-hmm. trying to teach everyone as much as possible. Cause we're all like growing together. It's never like we have our trade secrets and you can't have it. Right. And I think too, like something that's really interesting is any, anybody who's been featured on our journal page on our website or has been on our podcast has more than likely helped us in one way or another prior to that conversation taking place. Um, and so that just is like a huge shout out to all the people who have really like, like while mouthwash is like the three of us and, and now with the heavy hand of, of Jason, um, it's really nothing without all the people that have helped it get to the place where it's at now. Um, and so like, I don't know for all of you guys listening, just know that these people are like really great people. It's so much more than just like, uh, Hey, do you want to have this like conversation on a podcast that we never talk again? And it, it, it almost like very rarely is it ever like that. Like a lot of these conversations or podcasts or journals bloom into these like really beautiful working relationships or even just like regular friendships. Um, and I think that's the thing that we're really most proud of. Like I would say at the end of the day, like we've met mouthwash has been such a, a vehicle for really, really valuable relationships and friendships. And I think that's, that's really what keeps us going. Yeah, I agree. And I think this next season is one we're really excited for and, and, uh, one to be quite honest, that's a pain in the ass. Just because if we thought we were busier the first two seasons, like we're you know you know on top of everything that we're doing now, it's like we still got to fight clients um, after we hop off these clients off these yeah. like <laughs> podcasts. Um, but yeah, and honestly, yeah. If COVID nineteen didn't happen, then I don't know if this podcast would ever gotten done. <laughs> <laughs> True. No, but yeah, uh, we hope you guys are excited, and and um, we we really are trying to. Um, to keep these going. So, um, so yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Him being the very, um, generous and cool person that he is, instead of firing all of us, he just said, well, you guys clearly care a lot about this, so you can just take the company and and run with it. You're listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. My name is Charles Broskowski. I go by Cab. I'm one of the co-founders of Arena. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, so our official tagline is Arena is a platform for connecting ideas and building knowledge. How do you make meaning from information or um, how do you turn all the stuff that you see every day into like new ideas and, and use that stuff to sort of understand uh, what you're thinking about and what your your worldview is, and then how do you also use that stuff to find other people, understand their perspectives, all that kind of thing. Um, but the you know yeah. that's a very abstract way of saying it's just like you know it's a, it's a nerdy Pinterest basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. I kind of want to like just for context. I think we always like interview people on this podcast who like really kind of interest us and fascinate us and kind of like trick people into having conversations with us. <laughs> uh, we don't have you know access to them. And um, it would be interesting to just kind of talk with you um, between us. Because, I, I mean, we 
I was just saying earlier, like, like Arena really has changed the way we work and has helped us discover like deep parts of the internet that we didn't even know existed cool. um, from both like an art and design perspectives to like, um, like branded design theory and like ideas and education. And yep. not only do we have like deep, not only do you like come across it, um, but it's just like stuff that we've never seen anywhere else, which yeah. is just so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, how do you guys use it uh, at mouthwash? I'm curious. Dude, we use it for literally every project, both like client and personal. Like we, we, we often like start um, because beforehand we would just like, uh, just, it would be a mixture of things. And now it's like all housed in one, like, you know, there's other platforms um, that like can't, do like motion or maybe they, they can't do like website links or, and, and you guys kind of bridge that gap. And I've always hated Pinterest, like always. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it was yeah, really hard to get inspired by something that had like a, those fonts and like just that design just felt really hard. Yeah. Um, so whenever yeah. we came across you guys and, and we also use another one called save it, um, but more, more so like, I think you guys for, for like work and stuff like that, cause it's, you can do a mm-hmm. lot more with it. Um, but yeah, it's almost like become a daily thing for, for us, you know, um, I would, cool. I would say so. <laughs> it's like kind of, that's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of part of like a, a morning ritual, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and it's also just like from, from a client perspective too, it's like, we'll get briefed in from a project and we'll get briefed into a project and we'll like even upload like the PDF client brief at the beginning of the channel. And then we share like our ideas and like a lot of stuff for art direction when we're developing like story or creative direction for a client, um, keeping like a lot of those things private. And then also like trying to figure out ways that we use it outside of like an individual basis, but for a company to like kind of use it almost like a portfolio. Like we were talking earlier, like what if we just created channels for the projects that we've done? Yeah. Um, so people can like reference like a whole shoot or like a whole like design case study yeah. and find it all in one block. But yeah, yeah that's just kind of the way we use it. Do you end up um, using stuff like references from past projects and uh, and newer projects? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I, yeah. I mean, that's how I hope. It, that's how we hope it would work. You know, right? Like the the whole point is to build up a sort of like corpus of of knowledge, you know, and to be able to like keep using and building on that and adding different layers on it is, you know, the, the whole point of the thing. I think um, yeah. that's always like the coolest thing is, is whenever you see your work being shared by like, like-minded people, um, because that, yeah. you know, it's, there's like a level of respect that, you know, it's, it's so hard to do some of these things. So like whenever it's appreciated by people that know how hard it took to, to make that, or have spent years yeah. in, the, in the same industry, it's like, and I feel like we get more uh, like gratification from that than like if a client were to say like, okay, that was cool. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we did like a, like we launched our mouthwash.co site and um, we created like a lookbook and did some stuff around that. And just seeing that getting shared all over the arena was like, honestly, a surprising and also just felt really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Do you get a, do you like check, does it get a lot of traffic? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like the site that we had launched had ended up getting some like design and development awards oh, on nice. some other sites. Yeah, so that's yeah. where like an influx of a lot of the traffic yeah. was coming from. But yeah, it, it is interesting. Like one of the design assets that we made, like there was like a graphic, there's like a graphic design channel by 
some guy, I can't remember his name, but he literally just uploading stuff to it all day and it has like hundreds of mm. followers or whatever. And I mean, it's gotten shared like a couple hundred times, Whoa. which is like wow, pretty big. Awesome. You know? and yeah, so it's cool. Um, but yeah, I, w- I mean, before we get too like deep in the weeds, I, I, I'm just really curious, like how did it all come about? Like what were you doing before this? Like what's your, you know, where did you go to school? Like, where did the yeah. idea come from? Um, so well, this is kind of a long story. Before working on Arena, um, I sort of had the the very like beginning inklings of a career. Uh, I mean, career is kind of overblowing it. Like the start of being a, an artist. I really wanted to be a, a, an artist. Um, and I was like participating in shows and stuff. This is sort of like mid-2000s. Um, like a lot of group shows and, and that kind of thing. And, um, mostly making work, um, that was like sort of based on the internet, um, <laughs> net art. <laughs> um, and, um, the way around that time that sort of very small, but, uh, vibrant communities, uh, all connected on this platform called delicious. Um, Yummy. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah the the site was del.icio.us um and it was the first i th- believe it was the first um platform it was the first social bookmarking platform and i think it was the first platform to use tags in the way that we think of them now um but basically what you would do on it is um like instead of saving links to your bookmarks in your browser you would just send them to delicious um and that uh so you would just have it was basically just like a running feed of links the of things that you were saving and it was only links and nothing else um just text no images um and Mm. the cool part about it was you know if you're saving something really like esoteric or something that's like highly specific it would also show you how many other people save that link and then you could go and look through all their links and that kind of thing. Um, and the cool part about it mm-hmm. was that it had this really nice balance between being, um, performative. Like there was a, there was a very light touch of performative, but you were basically just doing stuff. You were saving links in the same way that you would save links to your bookmarks, books, bookmarks folder. Um, but, you were kind of you were, you knew that you were doing it in public um so uh it sort of like this was around the time when facebook was blowing up and this kind of thing and there was this like um really distinct feeling of like an uptick and sort of people being performative online and delicious very early on was like already an antidote to that before it was even a, a sort of recognized thing Anyways, I could talk all day about mm. delicious. I'm a super fan. Um, but um, <laughs> is it still like a real? Th- is it still um, like an so active thing? Yahoo bought it in like 2006, and like they do, they just oh, no. completely destroyed it immediately. <laughs> like same thing with Tumblr yeah. and Flickr and all this. Yeah. Um, but um, through delicious, I found like I can't even count. Like a lot of my best friends still to this day, I, I met through delicious. Um, but so when Yahoo bought Delicious, um, a couple of friends and I um, were thinking about, you know, what would be a sort of replacement um, for this platform. 
And the, the other part of this is that um, a lot of the way that we were doing our work was um, sort of similar to the way like things carry out on Arena. Like I would be thinking about something, um, thinking about a piece or something and saving a lot of links or, or sort of digging through the internet and saving links. And over time, you can sort of start to get like a, a sense of what, what you're thinking about or what the trajectory of thought is um, and start to sort of formulate like actually what the idea is. Um, and so when Yahoo bought Delicious and we were thinking about this alternative, we wanted to think about something that was maybe more um, like more conducive to the way that we were, we're trying to work using delicious. Um, and, uh, around that time I had had, um, like a single solo show that was my first and last solo show, um, in, in Berlin. And, um, after that happened, I was like, I never, like, I never want to do this again. <laughs> like I hated it so much. Right. Um, and a friend of mine, the one who was sort of the main person thinking about this alternate delicious platform, had met someone through a family friend um, who was basically like the textbook definition of an eccentric millionaire. Um, mm-hmm. And he had been thinking about, um, he had sent, he had, he started a big company, um, which he had since retired from. He's like, um, you know, like very, very rich and wanted to do something online. And the things that they ended up talking about were really similar to what we had been talking about with this alternative delicious platform. Um, And it was a lot around like, how do you sort of save, uh, how do you do research? How do you save information? How do you make information modular? How do people connect through information? That kind of thing. Um, so he ended up hiring us as consultants first, and then we became full-time employees, and then we ended up hiring um, three other people, um, mostly people that we knew th- also through the art world. Um, and um, we worked for about a year and a half, two years on uh, the sort of like beginning stages of Arena. Um, and we had like an early prototype um that some people used, um, but um, it was pretty shitty, honestly. Um, but um, we, yeah, and it went through a lot of different phases. It was sort of like a linear blog thing first, um, but it always had the same structure or more or less the same structure of blocks and channels, like pieces of information and um, containers that, that can hold the information kind of like files yeah. and folders. Um, and um, a big part of that that phase of us working together was um, there was sort of one point where we were all, like like apart from the the, the guy that uh, who was funding the whole thing, we all got lunch one day and we were saying, you know, would we actually use this thing? Um, and we were kind of like, no, I, we, we wouldn't use this. It's, it's like kind of corny at this point. And then we were thinking about, well, okay, like what, like how, what would it have to, what would, what would it have to, or how would it have to change to, in order for us to use it? Um, and that's when we uh, started like looking into other people who were sort of thinking about similar ideas. And I think around that time, 
Um, I learned about Ted Nelson, who was like the person who um, coined the the term hypertext, and um, like uh, Vinivar Bush, uh, who wrote this article in the in the thirties called called as we may think. Um, and, uh, there was sort of like all this stuff coming up all at the same time where we were realizing that this idea sort of had a longer history than, than what we thought. And that was really inspirational Mm -hmm. in in terms of like how we formulated the product and and what we wanted to accomplish. Um, uh, and so, uh, a little while after that, I think, um, through conversations with the guy who was funding it, um, we all sort of realized that the, the, the people that he hired and him uh, had very different ideas for what we thought Arena should be. And um, him being the very um, generous and cool person that he is, instead of firing all of us, he just said, well, you guys clearly care a lot about this, so you can just take the company and, and run with it. Amazing. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Um, no, it never happens. And also, I mean, I think none of us were of the mindset that we would ever like start a company at that time, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> and so we inherited this company. Um, we didn't quite know what to do with it and kind of let it just run for a couple of years. Um, I think around that time, we probably had around, you know, it was probably like a couple hundred people who were actually mm-hmm. using it, maybe less. Um, but it sort of like kept picking up steam slowly. Um, people kept using it and, you know, we would kind of work on it occasionally. And then over time, uh, I just started like building another version of it. And, um, one of the people that, that came on initially, um, this guy, Chris Sharon, uh, who was actually the designer for, for K-Hole. Um, he was still into it also. And then we met, um, uh, someone that we met actually through Arena came on also as a partner, uh, Daniel Pianetti. So then we, we made a new corporation and then we kind of like, you know, kept going from there. Um, that was about... I guess that was probably four years ago or so. Do you ever think that it would get to this point? I know you didn't like ever assume that it would um, be like a company when you guys first started, but now that you guys inherited the company, do you ever think of it like, okay, four years down the line, it's going to be impacting these, this many people. Um, I mean, I guess I hoped, (laughs) I hoped it would, but I think also, um, the way that we were thinking about this, even from the beginning, that it would w- was that it would be a sort of very long term project. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm really happy that it that it's at the place that it's at. But I also sort of think that like, um, you know, it's a weird. It's like a. It's kind of a weird project and it's a weird platform to get people on i know it's like we hear all the time from people who are like yeah i got on and um like i didn't understand it and then like a year later came back to it and and now i'm like super into it that was exactly like how i I experienced it (laughs) and like my friend was like you should use this okay i'll sign up and then i like didn't touch it for a year yeah that's it i mean i think it's like very, very, very common. 
Um, and yeah, I feel like it's it used to be mainly like designers that would use it, um, and then now I feel like it, it's kind of opened up to a lot more than just that, like photographers, writers, you know, developers. Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we hope we we don't really think of it as something that should just be um, for designers or people who are working in like the creative industry. Um, I think that people. Yeah, like like designers, for instance, are better off being exposed to like, yeah, like you're saying, writers or developers or even people outside of this world. Like, my mom is a scientist, and I like keep trying to get her. You know what I mean? Like, it would be cool yeah. for her to like save the papers that she's reading on Arena, then other people can come across that stuff. Like, it would be nice. The the more diverse the population is, and uh, the the better, I think. Yeah, it's cool. I I have a question about like, kind of going back to um, people signing up and then not knowing how to use it. Uh, a yeah. few a few years ago, I was at a dinner with um, some people. Um, from Visco, uh, visuals company, okay. and yeah, we were just kind of talking, and um, they were kind of like, "Yeah, we, you know, our our design is like minimal and doesn't really like explain a lot." And you know, the intention behind that was to kind of let pe- like people figure out how to use the platform, and it totally. surprised it surprised us the way that people ended up using it. Like they yeah. used it in ways that we had never intended to or planned for, and so that that was like one way and the other way was that it almost like created like a bar for entry not on purpose but i think one of the things that we like about arena and we're just like it's so pure like let's not let's not like just tell everybody about it like all this <laughs> stuff on there is amazing you don't want to get ruined by like all this bullshit you know so yeah, yeah. Um, wondering if like those kinds of things were you know kind of in your head or continue to be in your head like hey do we how do we keep this community like you know a top level thing and also, uh, you know, do we do we want people to like surprise us with the way that they're using the platform? Yeah, yeah, definitely both. I mean, well, more so the latter than the former. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely try and step back um, as far as we can. Uh, I mean, even to our detriment of of people not understanding what it is, right? Uh, because yeah, I mean, it's like you know, I think I think actually Arena at, at its worst is like is like the nerdy Pinterest thing. I think ideally we think of it in terms of like an information system that, that anyone can like use to, to whatever ends they want. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, probably the grid has something to do with it and the fact that there's like thumbnails and stuff. Um, but it actually is just kind of the most useful format or it's the more useful than, than any other format we've experimented with. Um, yeah. but, in terms of like keeping the content high quality, you know, I don't like, we don't do anything specifically to, to like, um, <laughs> to like keep anyone out or anything. Right, I, right. I think we try to be inclusive, but it just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I think we, I think the thing is, is that we, we do things the way that we like, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a very specific um, way of doing it and we're not like one of the reasons why we don't want to raise money is because we don't want to have the pressure to to do things a different way right like um, change the platform yeah yeah or try and appeal in, in a way that's like 
uh, insincere to the way that, that we think this kind of platform should be approached. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You have know. you have you read the article? Um, I can't remember who it's by, but it's like a thousand true fans. Yeah, I've heard that term. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think like that kind of. It's interesting. Like you see these models of like other social platforms that scale, and really their whole goal and intention is to like get a lot of people on this platform. And when you're on like a social sharing content platform, no matter what the kind of content it is, whether it's photography or design or like ideas or whatever. Um, you know, you're, you're subject to the way people use it. Um, but it's interesting that like the, the group of people, I feel like the people who like arena and the people I know like arena, they like nerd out about it and would do anything. Like I tried to get the magazine that you guys sold and I was like too late to it. And I was like, damn, like, (laughs) and like these people are really out here. They really want this thing. And, um, do you think like it's more, do you, do you feel like it's, and obviously I think everything you're saying is like the obvious answer is yes, but like, I would like to hear your thoughts on, you know, keeping a more like loyal and small community as opposed to like going for masses. Um, yeah, I think that like just the, 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 I don't, I wouldn't say that we take like wildly different approaches in terms of, um, growing arena as a business or, or even, even trying to get arena to a place of, of being like, um, very healthily, very healthy in terms of, um, in terms of its business. Um, uh, but I think over the last year, we've just really like tried to focus on the core community and that, like again that that sort of feels like the most honest way that that we can approach it and it, it feels the most interesting to us too um mm-hmm. but i just see like i that the the sort of benefits to that approach keep getting reinforced as we go on you know what i mean mm-hmm. like yeah. the more we're sort of just like actually we're just going to take care of the people who are here and try our hardest to make the experience as good as possible for them like that that's what like sort of pays off the best in the long run and then we have more resources to pay more attention to them and then we just keep going and going Mm -hmm. yeah even the things you guys do like as far as if you for the for people who don't know like if you are a premium member which is only how much is it five dollars a year or Uh, 45 five dollars a month 45 a year but half off off for students And, and the premium feature gives you what compared to the free um so the so we actually changed it in may um kind of um trying to like uh trigger an uptick and and um bringing in more subscription revenue um so it used to be that um well so what it is now is there's a there's a limit of how much content that you can save on a free account um Mm -hmm. and the limit is 500 blocks which is kind of a lot um, mm-hmm. so, you know, by the time you hit that point, you'll know whether or not you want to keep using it, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like yeah. by the time you get to that point, it has already become like such an integral part of the way you, you know, excavate the internet and save yeah. information. The relationship's yeah. pretty serious at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it just doesn't stick and you just, you know, then it's not for you. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess what I was going to say is like, so in addition to, um, you know, having access to private, I I guess it was like before it was like you could do private channels, but now it's, you know, limitation on, um, 
the amount of things you can save. The thing that I thought was just so astonishing and genius really was that I got invited to a, a Slack group. Um, and in the Slack group, it's a community. It's like everybody who pays for premium is just in this Slack channel where people can, um, on the general channel, like ask, Hey, can I integrate my arena channel into my custom website through like CMS? Yeah. Um, so that like a feed automatically gets populated or somebody's like, Hey, is there like a dark mode on Android? Like, yeah. I think that kind of thing. And like, and, and you cab are like always the one that's responding <laughs> to people. I'm just, like, Man, this, I mean, this is just amazing. Like I, I literally can't believe that, you know, the person feels so close to me and, we talk all the time about like how important community is um, from a brand perspective, but I, I just think like you guys are just doing things so right in oh, that way. That's nice to hear. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I man. think part of that is like, um, you know, community is kind of like a funny word in 2020, and I think that like um, for for people who are not in this business if they hear the word community in this context it always feels like um there's some like kind of like unsavory note that goes along with it you know or that it feels like somehow manipulative or something like that um but yeah. i think our, we just try and be you know we're not like we're not like playing Sim City, you know what I mean. We're like in the town, <laughs> you know what I, you know what I mean. And I feel I feel like some people who run startups, in particular social platforms, have this idea that they're like pulling strings on the outside or something. But like the only way, you, you know, you just have to be like inside of it. Like it, like everyone is like right. has kind of equal footing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I like that you guys aren't like try hard. Like it feels like genuine and. Um, like it doesn't feel elitist to me if you guys don't want to change the way you guys started, like, you know, from the UX UI, because you guys are making our lives easier, you know, instead of having a thousand bookmarks over the years, like, you know, it can, I can go to one place and not have to dig through all this tiny text to try to find what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's like, it's curated and then also it just leads you down, um, like a black hole of, of of things that you would have never been exposed if you were just, you know, in your own bookmark tab, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that's the, I mean, that's kind of like the part that we want to get at the most. And I think that's, um, you know, it's one of the hardest things nowadays to like really feel like you can let yourself get sucked into like a wormhole. Um, and in a way that's like what the internet is made for, you know, like uh, letting right. people explore their own curiosity, see how far it goes, that kind of thing. Like going down a Wikipedia yeah. wormhole is like, you know, actually one of the most healthy things I think you could do online. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. as opposed to like yeah. so many other things that and, you could be doing. And it's, I think the thing that I like about you guys, it's it's not about the arena design. It's about the stuff that's in it. And yeah. I think if you guys were to have try to change it, you know, every other year, like some companies do, um, and, and try to get people to change their habits or, or maybe you conform to them, um, it, it would lose, you know, what, what makes it special. And, and that is like, you know, the, the actual resources that are within there and the, the kind of like experience that you have to learn and the, the habits that are formed um, yeah. through that learning experience. Yeah. 
someone recently um, told me or, or uh, was displaying this idea that that there's a difference between um, interfaces or software that's in, like like there there are two words to describe um, software experiences and one is intuitive mm. like you you know you you look at it you understand like exactly how to do it right away and then the the other one mm. is self revealing so like you kind of mm. learn over time. Um, like what the different ins and outs are. And I like that, that yeah. term self-revealing is nice. You know, it's a nice way to think about you know, like right. ha- having a I sort do. of like a uh, relationship. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or like yeah. epiphany yeah. almost. It's like, I, I, rem- I like honestly just seriously remember the first time that I like, you know, I gave Rena a shot and then I came back to her and I was like, Oh my God, it like all makes so much sense. And I, I really think that was because I think I found you on there and I was like paying attention to the way that you were using it. And I was like, okay, this is so strange. Like these channels are like so esoteric and I really don't know like what he's trying to do here. (laughs) And then I realized there's no agenda. Like even the, um, there's no, um, I don't know the way you described it earlier, but there's no like follower account or like likes really. Um, All that stuff is kind of buried and it kind of just like lets people do what feels right. Yeah. Um, You know, cool. Um, but you know, le- leading off of that, um, I would be curious to just know, like, what are some of your favorite channels on Arena that you know surprise you or things that you like to dig through? Um, I think, well, there's a couple different categories, I guess. There's the ones that are like um, very participatory, like um, Meg's Good Sign Offs channel is really nice um, because it's sort of like. Uh, you know, it's, it's like sharing this world. Well, so for anyone who doesn't know, this channel is called Good Sign-Offs, and it's basically just, it's all text, and it's email sign-offs, different email sign-offs. Um, and they span from being, like, ones that you would actually use to ones that are just, like, totally cracked. Um, but um, it's nice because you, like, the more you look at it, the more you sort of start to like notice other people's <laughs> the way that other people sign off on their on their emails and think like oh that's a nice yeah. that's a nice way to sign off and then like I'll add it to that <laughs> channel and uh, so you know so many people are doing that um, or people feel like totally welcome to add to that channel all the time um, and there's just some accounts mm-hmm. that I really like um, but there's an account that I that I kind of always talk about. Uh, when people ask me like what my favorite one is, it used to be called, I don't, I don't know. They keep, they change their name all the time. So, uh, I actually don't know what it is anymore. It used to be, um, God, what was it? It was like, oh, wow. I forgot the original name, something about the ox. It was like the original ox or something like that. Um, and it was just this really strange mix of like text and image. And it, it was kind of clear that all the text was being generated by the person. Um, mm. And yeah, I just, I like some of the weirder ones because it's like, you have no idea what this person is thinking about. Um, there's also a guy, um, or I, I don't know if it's a man actually, um, a, an account called Ultimate. Um, and if you haven't seen that account, uh, it's totally worth looking at. It's made to look at, it's made to be viewed in an in index mode. And he has this hmm. um, really nice way of organizing channels with like uh, using emojis as like a way to 
group them into categories. Um, but he's just like incredibly prolific and saving stuff constantly. Really, really like mm. wild, expansive brain. It's yeah. Good, good that's one. Awesome. To follow. Are you the one that's uh, curating the Instagram page? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I, f- I follow the most people. <laughs> I just have had like a habit of um, just like, you know, in the beginning I would just follow anyone who did anything. Um, and now right. I, I can't do that anymore, <laughs> but um, I follow probably more than anyone else. Um, and mm. so I just see a lot of stuff. So it's easy for me. Yeah. It would, it would be kind of ironic if you didn't, yeah. like if you were just kind of like followed <laughs> one person, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought about like having like a, like a, uh, the equivalent of a Finsta on arena, but no, I think it's, I like the, the like huge water hose of, of yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it feels that way though. It's like such a lo-fi, like not like un undesigned design. I feel like on there sometimes, like the selection and like curation process of there. But like literally just seeing it like an arena carousel on my Instagram feed is like the most <laughs> interesting thing. I'm like, oh my god, like like the emo oh, lyrics post. Oh, thank you for saying that. I was thing. like, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know if this one's gonna work or not. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, it's just such a joy to, like, see, um, you know, just, like, thoughts and ideas just kind of, like, all in one place. Um, and, then, you know, the level of quality of, like, those kinds of thoughts and ideas. Um, do you, Like, would you consider, like, Arena to, like, fall under the category of, like, tool for thought or, like, tool for organization? Um, or, like, what's the difference in your opinion? And, yeah, like, why does I that think matter? the... Uh, yeah, it's a good distinction. I think the... Um, I definitely think that arena arena's strong suit is more in terms of thinking through things than organization. Um, and I think sometimes we hear from people, you know, like asking why there isn't some third, uh, third way of sort of like categorizing things like tags or something like that. Um, and I think it's just, it's better suited for like having a sort of, um, buffer zone to put a bunch of stuff to try and understand an idea. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily about mm. like organizing your digital life or, or something like that. Um, it's more like a scratch right. space where you can kind of like, you know, I, I use the um, metaphor of like a, like a public table at a library, you know, like you can, grab mm-hmm. all your books and like lay them out and sort of start to like uh pin like like put post-it notes on things that you think are are interesting and like you know your friend can also walk over and see what you're doing and maybe suggest another book or something like that um and and that's kind of yeah. i think i think we're more interested in stirring thoughts than than like providing the the be all end all of organization systems yeah one thing i really love about arena is that um, and I've been thinking about this a lot uh, lately is like, you know, our parents grew up with going to the library and, and doing all these things. And that was like their normal daily habits. And, and I think of um, like, while I still read um, pretty much daily, uh, I don't find myself going to these bookstores or libraries all, yeah. all the time. But I do find myself um, going on pl- places yeah. like Arena. Um, 
I have just as many resources, if not more. Um, and, and, and I think time will, will kind of tell how much, um, is, is influenced by platforms like arena, but I'm, I'm really thankful that they're around. And I think, um, for our generation, uh, I'm really curious to see is how this will impact maybe 20, 30 years down the line. If it'll still be around, um, what it, it will look like. Um, but, but I'm just overall like thankful that a people like you were inspired to make our lives easier. And then, um, just like, not also charging us um, too much to where like we wouldn't be able to right. access. I think uh, a lot of things become unaccessible for a lot of people, a, either younger or maybe just don't come from a uh, financial um, place, you know, where, where they had the same start as everybody. Yeah. But, you know, the entry point for arena is so low and if you put the effort in, you can learn and, and do so much with it, uh, the resources that you guys kind of, have provided for people. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for saying that. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the other thing about that, that I sort of, or, or that we all wonder about is, um, like, I'm curious, I, I think Arena is really good for, um, like, collecting a, a lot of stuff at once or, like, having a bunch of uh, different, like, paths to go down. Um, the thing that I, that we're kind of working on now is, is trying to like provide is trying to provide a better experience for um, reading or or sort of like consuming those those resources, you know, like like mm-hmm. um, I think you know it's it. Well, I, I was even going through it today. Like I'm, I was preparing for a talk, and I like started going through Arena and collecting references and stuff. And there's definitely PDFs in my channel that I'm like you know, I'm going to get to you hopefully, but I don't know if I will, you know, like it's sometimes it's hard to, it's easy to like put a bunch of, to, to like hoard stuff. Um, but, but to actually parse through it, I think is, you know, that's kind of like the next step of, of where we want to, where we want to go. So almost like building it as a platform that you can not only just link out to other places like destinations, but like be able to kind of stay inside the world of arena. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily about staying inside the world of arena, but just like, how can we expand on that idea of, of tools for thought, you know, like how can, how can we actually like get, get, make, make it easier for us to go in deep when we need to. Yeah. I think of that knowledge loop, um, that, you guys posted um, a while back ago. It's the like oh, learn, yeah. create, share, and I, I think those are so important. It's like, yeah, while Arena is great, it, you're not going to get its full thing if you're not actively like taking what you're learning and making something and then feeding it back to people. Um, yeah. You know, don't hoard them. Don't be stingy with them. Um, yeah. And make the most out of them. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, yeah. Gab, do you? We we. We have a friend that we talked to on this podcast a couple of weeks ago um, that will probably go live eventually. But um, he his name is Caleb Flowers, and he does this really interesting um, project called Big Data. Okay. Uh, essentially, what he does is like for a couple of months, he'll just like save literally anything he can off the internet. Um, so like links and PDFs and videos and images, and kind of like with no focus. Um, and he'll compress them all down into like a folder or a file and then he sells it. Um, like he says like, Oh, it's dropping, um, online. Um, and <laughs> that's cool. For like 10 yeah. bucks, like super yeah. cheap. Um, 
but it's interesting because he's like a, a designer and like innovative thinker. Um, and it's interesting because like people, the, the barrier and like bar for entry for that is so low, but you like get this like full, like this huge folder full of surprises. Um, like, dang, like what is this guy actually thinking about when he is like coming to a decision? And um, yeah, just like we, we've been kind of like f- curious and fascinated with this thought of like, um, are you doing yourself more justice to share maybe some of your secrets or thing like what what do you distinguish between what's worth like keeping private and like what is worth like just sharing um we have this like idea in theory or at least i do that like sometimes if you just share everything even if it feels like something you don't want to give away um a lot of the times you're already like a little bit further ahead because you're thinking further mm-hmm. ahead by the time somebody comes mm-hmm. across that you're like already building the next thing um but yeah, just like interested in like what you distinguish what is, what is worth keeping in like a private arena channel versus like what is worth sharing in like a closed arena channel versus what is worth sharing in like an open arena channel that like anybody can contribute yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think about it. <laughs> I think about it a lot, not necessarily from the uh, perspective of the company, but more like for myself. Um, right. I think for for me personally, I sometimes I keep stuff private if I don't, if it's like, well, the way I use arena in general is like, I'll have maybe seven or eight channels that I'm like, have kind of at the top of mind at any given moment. And, um, I would say that probably most of them are public. Mm -hmm. Um, but some of them, I don't quite know what they are yet. You know, Mm -hmm. like actually most of them are these sort of like very, um, they start off as very fuzzy buckets for ideas and I wouldn't know how to articulate exactly what those ideas are, but I wouldn't know if I saw something in the world or online, like if it belonged in, in, in that place, in that channel. Right. Um, and, and, and like continuing to add to the channel, the idea becomes less fuzzy and then start, I start to understand like exactly what it is I'm thinking about or what, what, a, what aspect I'm, I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if it's, if it's public too early, I feel like, I mean, arena is not that performative, but you still do have like, you know, that people can look at it and, and having that extra tension, I think sometimes can, I don't know. It can, it can make you like a little bit apprehensive about just like feeling free about adding stuff to it. Yeah. Um, I think we actually, most of us who work at arena would probably consider ourselves more on the introverted side. And we think a lot about like, especially social platforms that have meaningful ways to be alone, you know? Um, and, and I think that, uh, you know, yeah, having private channels where you're just you know you're just going to be by yourself is like important kind of like in your own head, a relief. Yeah, yeah, or going home after like hanging out with a bunch of people or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think alone time is important, and um, self-expression is also important. And I, I almost like it better when people curate what they share because the world doesn't need a million more things. It, they need it. They need it almost like curated down to what's actually good and we do that subconsciously but if i'm following someone and they're just adding stuff that maybe isn't fully thought out yet it's kind of kind of annoying so so i kind of appreciate when people actually think about what they share um 
but yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good perspective yeah. to hear your thoughts and, and kind of funny to hear that you guys are mainly introverts <laughs> yeah yeah i think yeah I, I would say arena is a platform that's probably more oriented towards introversion than most social social ish platforms yeah you know? interesting especially because there's like no form of like there's very like I don't know, like the form of self-expression is like your ideas. But even if you add a profile picture, there's like very few windows where you can actually see like the person's profile picture. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Speaking on the topic of like features, um, as we like wrap up, uh, I, I think it's interesting that you guys have like some like weird hidden features like Abe, I didn't, or Abe or Jason listening. I don't even know if you guys know this, but like I just found out the other day that there's like a channel name randomizer um, <laughs> that I was just like having fun pressing with. And I was like, damn, none of these people are actually that creative. They just use this tool, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, and it's just like random stuff, which is funny. And then there's like, there's that tool. And then there's like the dark mode, which is kind of cool because I feel like you guys had that before anybody else did. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm just like making that up. Um, but even like accessing dark mode is just like a keyboard shortcut. It's not like a thing that you can like press on the home screen. Do you guys have any other like secret features or like things that maybe you'd want to share on this? Well, we have stuff that's like external to arena. Like, um, we have our own API experiments that I think, um, like, I don't know if you know mock arena. Do you know that? Uh Uh-uh. Uh, so mac.are.na um, is like, uh, there's a single channel that, that feeds it. Um, and it's basically just, a, it's like a music player. Um, mm. So if you have a channel that's like all YouTubes or SoundClouds or MP3s or whatever, it just makes it into a single playlist. Oh, I actually but, have seen that on like yeah. a forum. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess I would consider that in the realm of secret features. Yeah. But yeah, I like secret features too. I I wish we should do more of them. Yeah, you should. That'd be fun. Yeah. The 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 random channel name. Yeah, that was one that I was like we had been thinking about it for a while. And then one afternoon I was like, I just have to do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm like <laughs> nothing else matters. We're just doing this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the button is even like white and like hidden. Like you don't even really know that it's like there. Yeah. I just like was like, I was like what is this? And I just start clicking on like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah yeah dude um yeah i mean as we wrap up like i just i think we'd love to know like maybe and maybe you haven't even like really thought about this but um you know you guys are at a good spot and it seems like it's been like a little bit of a journey to get to where you're at but um what do you, what's like next for you guys do you guys have like long-term goals or um you know kind of have that aha moment of like man maybe we really could do you know this in five years uh we'd be curious to just kind of you know know where your thoughts are on that yeah i think um well so the thing that we're working on right now is um we want to make links um more useful on arena and we had a project um it was about four years ago now called uh pilgrim that was um it's kind of like a mix between i don't even know how to describe it anymore it's like um you, you basically you would go to it uh, or, or you would install this bookmarklet on your browser and uh, it works really well on Wikipedia pages. So if you went to a Wikipedia page and opened it up on Pilgrim, it basically takes away all the interface of Wikipedia, just shows the text 
Um, but then it also preloads the links in the background. So when you click on a link in a Wikipedia page uh, on Pilgrim, it opens the next page to the right uh, of the first page. So then the, the process is like that, that idea of going down a Wikipedia wormhole is like much easier because you can actually see the trail as it's um, generating. And uh, the other thing is it would make this sort of like network graph of uh, which links you clicked on and what other paths hmm. you could have gone down. Um, so it basically illustrates your like your wormhole, your little yeah. like dark bunny trail. Yeah, and I think the 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 motivation there was, um, you know, we were sort of thinking like um, if I'm coming across like an article of a, on a topic that I've like no, know very little about. How do we get a, a very quick, like, bird's eye view of, like, the sort of whole network of information of all this kind of thing? Like, how can, how can I sort of, like, jump around really quick, get a very rough context, and then, like, reapproach that article with a, uh, a little bit of a better understanding? Um, and that's also a kind of long way of saying that we want to make links more useful on Arena, so... Um, right now we're building services to like extract text from articles, do a kind of like rough um, categorization of things, um, uh, get reading time, that kind of stuff. So basically e extracting oh, cool. more um, useful metadata from links so that then we can do even more interesting things uh, from there. But the first, you know, the first kind of things would be like, um, reader mode or something like that. Cool. Well, Cab is the um, one of the many founders of Arena. It's like a, you know, again a tool for research and what he describes as a glorified Pinterest. But I would encourage you know almost everybody listening to, um, you know, sign up for it and not only sign up for it, but like you know, force yourself to use it like thirty days or thirty minutes a day for like a week or something, um, and see if it's for you. But it's it's definitely changed the way we work and. Um, I think that he's, you know, really a pioneer of the future. So thanks again, man. Uh, we'll chat Thank soon. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. For more information, you can follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.com.